0: Hey, friends! I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and plants and pets that are important to you. Had you heard about this real cheeseburger? I only learned of this recently, but evidently this past summer, a certain fast food chain I will cryptically refer to as the Burger Monarchy unveiled something they called the Real Cheeseburger, which consisted only of 20 That's right, 20 slices of melted cheese between two burger buns. Now, if you hadn't heard of this novelty sandwich, it's probably because it was only marketed at Burger Monarchy locations in Thailand. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what a dumb idea. That quote-unquote burger sounds completely disgusting. What kind of monster would eat a sandwich consisting of 20 slices of orange-colored cheese stacked on top of each other and melted together. Well, look no further. I am that monster. I would eat one of these real cheeseburgers. I'm I'm not saying it would be delicious. I, I'm not saying all that cheese wouldn't bind me up for days. But yeah, weirdly enough, this sounds okay to me. Imagine dipping that thing into a, a puddle of ketchup and then biting into all that salty, hot, cheesy goodness. Oh my gosh. My mouth is almost watering right now thinking about it look to each his own. I don't, I don't eat pork. I don't eat beef. I don't eat poultry. So I'm always curious about any fast food sandwich that doesn't include those three ingredients. Folks, you're listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast. I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. There are no ads on this program, and there is no Patreon set up for it. The only thing I've ever asked of listeners is if you love this show, and if you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily, the best way to do that is to purchase any or all of my books. I'm the author of 11 self published novels that are all currently available worldwide in both ebook and paperback formats via Amazon. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find and purchase all of my titles in ebook format at Google Play. Just search my last name, which is spelled M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you'll find me on Google Play. If you've already purchased any or all of my novels, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. Folks, you're listening to the People Are The Enemy podcast. This is episode 304. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to have some fun today, I promise. How you doing out there? Are you smiling? I'm smiling. Get into it. We're going to take it down. I got some stories to tell you. I got some bits to play. We're going to have a good time. I, uh, I took my dog for a walk. This was... Uh, <laughs> it seems like every podcast I'm starting with, I took my dog for a walk. <laughs> you can tell like, I don't get out a lot other than to do that. But uh, yeah, something always happens. And something did happen the other day. Uh this was um this was Friday afternoon. I took my dog out for a walk. And uh we walk along, you know, this this sidewalk, and of course there's like woods on either side of us. You know what I mean? On the sidewalk, if you can kind of picture that. And it's fall here in New England, so the leaves are covered with beautifully uh beautiful orange and brown dried leaves that have fallen off the uh the trees and the bushes. And uh <laughs> and i've got a 16 foot lead on the uh on the leash so my dog will wander and she'll wander off into the woods and when she does i let her i let her wander because she's most likely doing her business and obviously if she does uh if she does a number 2 i've got bags there to pick it up and and uh i am, am prepared for that or if she's just but if she's just peeing you know i'm not obviously uh, not doing anything about it <laughs> um but she wandered off into these woods while we were walking and uh i swear to god she came out with a with a small steak and pepper sub in her mouth, like a full steak steak sub in her mouth, and I was like,
1: what the hell?
0: <laughs> and of course she didn't want to let the damn thing go, you know what I mean? And I like I was I was like, oh my God, I am not picking this thing up with like I, I like because my first instinct was obviously to, to yell at her and say, you know, drop it, drop it. And of course I'm yelling to her, for her to drop it. And she's not dropping it. And uh, so at this point, I, I I go into, and she's obviously, you know, again, how do I know it's a steak and pepper sub? It's literally like a full, small sandwich sub roll, and I can see it coming out of either side of her mouth. And I can see the pieces of steak, and I can see the green and red peppers in this damn thing. And I'm like, how the hell did she just find this in the woods? So I reach in my pocket, and I pull out a plastic bag, one of the plastic bags that I use to to pick up her her droppings, let's say. <laughs> And I put it over my hand because the yelling is not working. And I'm pulling it out and trying to pull it out of her mouth. And it's breaking apart, of course. And, oh God, it was gross. But I just, like, I was like, what is going on? Like, I just thought, like, it was odd. If only because I thought, like, what, is there, like, a man in the woods? <laughs> Making subs? Just, like, handed it to my dog? It was just very strange. Weird. You know that, uh... You know what else strange? I heard this the other day while I was in a supermarket. You know this song? It goes, I want to hold you till I die, till we both break down and cry. I want to hold you till the fear in me subsides. (laughs) I think it's called sometimes when we touch, you know. If you you weren't brought up with 80s terrestrial radio, you may not be familiar with the song. I don't even know if it was 80s or 70s, and I couldn't tell you the artist. I looked it up, but I forgot it. It was not a a well-known artist, I'll just put it that way. But, uh, you know, I remember hearing the song a lot when I was a kid on terrestrial radio. And uh, I would just think to myself, just like, all right. And I would really listen, you know, I'd pay attention. I want to hold you till I die. Till we both break down and cry, and I'm like, how can, how can anybody cry when they're dead? <laughs> you know, and what a morbid song, you know. Sometimes when we touch, the honesty's too much, <laughs> and I have to. What does he say? And I have to hold my what and and sigh or something. Oh no, I have to. I have to hide away and and I have to go away and hide. I think is what he says. It's this weird, weird, weird way to relay love, you know what I mean? Or passion, or whatever it is. This crying and hiding and just, like, all this emotion. It makes, it makes like, romance sound terrifying, doesn't it? It really does. And to a little kid, it was, like, really screwed me up. <laughs> I want to hold you till the fear in me subsides. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I got some uh, clips for you to play, or at least I've got I've got one clip to play for you. So let's uh, let's uh, cue up the um, the music, Maestro.
2: Whenever there's
1: trouble, when there's the double, we're the bloodhound gang. If you've got the crime, we've got the time. We're the
2: bloodhound gang.
0: Thank you, bloodhound gang. But oh, I'm start playing it again. Okay, this is a, a clip I can't... I don't know who to attribute this to in terms of uh, where it came from. But uh, I imagine you'll be able to to find it. It is, a, uh, it is a woman at a city council meeting named Lisa Ann White Whitmer Wegman. Yes, it's a very long name. And she's at this town rezoning meeting. And I guess Lisa Ann White Whitmer Wegman is new in town. <laughs> and she had some things that she wanted to get off her chest and uh, for whatever reason she decided the uh, the town rezoning meeting was a good place to do that. And uh, I'll let you check this out. I may stop it to uh, to interject, but, uh, but enjoy this. This is a, a woman at a rezoning meeting in the town. If you can picture, she's standing at a, uh, um, I guess, what do you call it, like a podium, right? I was going to say pulpit, but a podium, I suppose. And she's got a microphone, and there seems to be a lot of people in the room. And she's wearing a, a tank top. Here she goes.
1: Hello. My name is Lisa Ann White Whitmer-Wagman. I just moved here because I'm getting a divorce. And it's not final till September 18th. My husband will not give me any money. Not one penny. I'm not quite sure why I'm here or what I'm doing.
0: Okay, that should tell you a lot right there.
1: <laughs>
0: First of all, it's you know it's some very personal information. She's getting a divorce. Her husband won't give her any money, and she's not sure why she's there or what she's doing. Well, that's yet yeah, that's going to be fairly accurate, especially in a moment. Here's the rest of uh, Lisa Ann. Go ahead, lady.
1: But there's a reason.
3: Ma'am, we're discussing the rezoning for the Portellos. Do you have any comments on that?
1: For what?
3: We're discussing the rezoning on 53rd for... Well, I live on 63rd. Again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel bad for the guy trying to run this meeting. <sighs> Ma'am, we're, re- we're discussing the rezoning on 53rd. Well, I live on 63rd. likely oh, like this. she says, what, first, What? He repeats himself, and then she says she lives on 63rd. It's a lot of information, Lisa. <laughs> Let me back it up just a little bit. I didn't mean to step all over it, but I do love it. Hang on one second, I'm going to back
3: it up a little bit. For what? We're discussing the rezoning on 53rd for... Well, I live on...
0: I should mention that at this point, there's, there's a man behind her, an older gentleman, who is putting his hand to his forehead as if he can't believe this woman.
3: 63rd. <laughs> Again, we're here to hear comments about the rezoning.
1: Well, I don't like Facebook. And I don't like the internet.
3: Be- what does this have to do with anything?
0: <laughs> At this point, this gentleman behind her, this older gentleman, is he's covering his face. I think he's completely embarrassed. I'd never even noticed this gentleman prior. Oh my God, I'm going to back it up a little bit. Here, because this is just too
3: good. Rezoning on 53rd for... Well,
1: I live on 63rd.
3: Again, we're here to hear comments about the rezoning. Well,
1: I don't like Facebook. And I don't like the internet because I can't find a job. The library blocked my... I feel
0: bad about that. And I don't know if that's related to finances. I think, you know, because she brings up money at the beginning, maybe she's saying she doesn't like Facebook and the internet because she can't find a job. Or maybe she has access to the internet and Facebook and is unable to find a job. I don't know. It's a little confusing. It's sort of a non sequitur. Let me back it up.
3: For what? We're discussing the rezoning on 53rd for... Well, I live on 63rd. Again, we're here to hear comments about the rezoning...
1: Well, I don't like Facebook, and I don't like the internet, because I can't find a job. The library blocked my password. Now tell...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why did the library block her password? They probably got frustrated with her, right? Oh, here she is again. Oh, my God. (laughs) Look, if we block her password, she can't come in anymore. This is a public library. We can't just go blocking people's passwords. Look, you want to put up with this lady every time? Every time she's in here, she drives us crazy. She's complaining about this and that. It has nothing to do with anything going on. I gotta to listen to her life story. Look, look. If we block her password, there's going to be even more trouble. She'll go. For all we know, she goes to the town hall rezoning meeting, starts complaining about it. Then what then? Look, I'd rather take that than have to listen to her every time she comes in here. Just block her password. That's librarians.
1: I Mommy, mean, does that make any sense to you?
3: Ma'am, we're not here to discuss your personal life. I'm sorry.
0: Okay, I guess you are. <laughs> At this point, you can now see the, the panel. And it's all, you know, It's there's an American flag. There's probably the town flag or the state flag there. I can't tell what state it is. Let me back it up just a little bit.
3: Zoning. Well,
1: I don't like Facebook. hmm And I don't. Like the internet. Okay. Because I can't find a job. The library <laughs> blocked my password. Now tell me, does that make any sense to you?
3: Ma'am, we're not here to discuss your personal life. I'm sorry. Do you have any comments about the rezoning?
1: No, sir. Have Thank a good day.
3: You. Thank you. Next. <laughs> oh, I love that so much.
0: Oh, my God. That cracks me up. I'm sure if you look up the woman's name, or you look up Rezoning Woman, it'll probably come right up. That uh, showed up on my TikTok. Anyway, uh, folks, at this point, we are going to hand things off to our friend, Rachel from Des Moines. And she is going to give you the chart chat. So, without any further ado, take it away, Rachel
2: thanks andy hello and welcome back to rachel's chart chat for another week thanks to everyone who listened last week jeffrey mentioned owning a 45 by the group we five with their hit you were on my mind and the a side and a cover of get together on the b Be sure to tune in for the special VJ Big Suit Thursday night Twitch stream. If you are normally occupied on Tuesday nights, definitely stop by on this Thursday. I also heard from Evan over on Blue Sky who reminded me of the Smoke on the Water playing in a Kids in the Hall sketch where Bruce is a rebellious teen Bobby who has a guitar duel with Mark McKinney Satan. I also heard from jill and sherry with their nice comments as always jason gore also reached out and said that his show 108.9 the hawk has an upcoming bit on freedom rock so we're in the zeitgeist baby continuing our way through freedom rock on january 9th of 71 santana hit number four with their cover of black magic woman this was originally written by peter green for fleetwood mac back in 1968 And this was the original lineup of Fleetwood Mac. This was released as a non-album single, their third and first to chart. It hit number 37 in the UK. Green was influenced by Otis Rush's song All Your Love, which he covered with his previous band John Mayall and the Blues Breakers. Santana's version was off Abraxas, which was the group's second studio album in 1970. It was their third charting single and the first to crack the top five. The song hit also now a hit number four in Canada. This was their highest charting single for Santana until 1999's Smooth. The single version of Black Magic Woman was 3 minutes 20 seconds, and that's the edit that appears on Freedom Rock. The album version at 5 minutes 24 seconds is a medley with Gabor Szabo's Gypsy Queen, and that's the version often played on the radio. I think Black Magic Woman is not the most obvious pick for the compilation, but I like it for being the combination of blues and psychedelic rock. The song is known for being on Guitar Hero, and there was a cover by Tierra Wack for the soundtrack of Minions, The Rise of Gru. Also hitting a peak of number four on January 15th of 1972 is the song Sunshine by Jonathan Edwards. Uh, Wiki describes this as a country folk song. It was the debut single for singer-songwriter-guitarist Edwards. He was born in Minnesota, but first came to prominence as an artist gigging around colleges in New England. The song was written as a response to the Vietnam War and Nixon, and the lyrics refer to the man and the final verse looks ahead to a time of peace when brand new bells will be ringing. This was Edwards' only Hot 100 appearance, though two of his albums made the Top 200 Albums chart, and he had two other bubbling under singles. Sunshine was covered by artists as varied as the Isley Brothers, Juice Newton, and Paul Westerberg. His version was for the Friends soundtrack. It was also featured in the movie Anchorman. This song is a perfect fit for Freedom Rock. Definitely speaks to the times. Definitely of the times, also... Hitting a peak of number four on December 14, 1968, is Abraham, Martin, and John by Dion. The song was written by Dick Holler in response to the assassinations of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert F. Kennedy in April and June of sixty-eight. The lyrics refer to Abraham Lincoln, Dr. King, John F. Kennedy, and Robert Kennedy, called Bobby in the Verse. Dion was mostly known for songs like Run Around Sue and The Wanderer, so this was quite a departure for him. The song can seem a bit sappy or even manipulative to modern ears, depending on your mood or state of mind, but it clearly resonated with people, audiences, and artists alike at the time. The song was covered by multiple acts over the years both smoky robinson and the miracles at 33 and comedian moms mabley at 35 charted with their versions moms mabley also had the distinction at 75 years old of being the oldest living artist at the time to have a top 40 hit and from what i can tell from some research that record stood until 2022 when elton john at 75 years old but more days had a top 40 hit with britney spears with a song called hold me closer which contains elements of his earlier hit tiny dancer Um, Abraham, Martin, and John is very much a fit for Freedom Rock because it's touching on real issues of the day. Other artists that covered the song include Marvin Gaye, Ray Charles, Marillion, Whitney Houston, Leonard Nimoy, and NFL great and -and free-to-be-you-and-me great Rosie Greer. And I did not know this, but he had been one of RFK's bodyguards and was actually one of the people that subdued Sirhan Sirhan. And he recorded his version in 1986. Hitting a peak of number three on August 28th of 1971 was Signs by the Five Man Electrical Band. They were a group from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, who had previously been known as the Staccatos and took their new name from a song that lead vocalist Les Emerson wrote. Signs was the group's first Hot 100 appearance under either name in the States. The lyrics were inspired by seeing billboards all over the place while traveling in California people my age may remember the cover of signs by rock band tesla in 1990 which hit number eight on the u.s hot 100 and i know i said we were done with the bad song survey but this song and band were memorably cited in the bad song survey book as quote holding the record for self-righteous hippie smugness for the lyrics if god was here he'd tell you to your face man you're some kind of sinner but dave barry is a libertarian so you don't have to listen to his criticism of hippies Signs was originally the B side of a tune called "Hello, Melinda, Goodbye," which will hit number 55 in Canada, and then later uh, Signs got released as its own single. Uh, this is a good fit for Freedom Rock as a protest song, although the pro- they're protesting lesser offenses than the war, such as dress codes and checks notes, home ownership a peak of number 3 on October 2nd of 1971 is The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down by Joan Baez. Uh, This was discussed on People Are the Enemy 243. The song was written by Robbie Robertson of the band, with research help from drummer Levon Helm, who is from Arkansas, and Robertson being Canadian. It was included on the band's self-titled second album and is one of their signature songs. It was the B-side of Up on Cripple Creek. Uh, Joan Baez recorded the song for her 1971 album Blessed Are dot 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 and the single was her first US Top 40 hit and to date her biggest hit though she had one other Top 40 appearance with 1975's Diamonds and Rust which is a great song and that made number 35. In a Cited in Wikipedia is an interview Joan Baez gave with Kurt Loder to Rolling Stone Magazine where she mentions that she learned the song by hearing the lyrics on the record so some of them she didn't get quite right on her version but then when she sang it live she sang the the correct original lyrics Uh, there's many interpretations of this song Um, i think i mentioned that previously i think no matter how you look at it it is very anti-war and i think therefore it's a good fit for freedom rock hitting a peak of number three on october 31st 1970 is fire and rain by james taylor this was the second single from his second album his fourth released overall and the first to chart It is one of four top five singles for james taylor five if you count mockingbird with his then wife carly simon Fire and Rain uh, had been recorded and released as singles by two other artists prior to James Taylor's own version. R.B. Greaves hit number 82 in May of 70 and Johnny Rivers number 94 in September of the same year. It was an album cut for Blood, Sweat and Tears from their third album, released in June of 70. And then in 71, Cher included it on her seventh solo album. The lyrics are very personal and emotional, dealing with the death by suicide of a friend of James and his own experiences with rehab. It's an odd fit for this compilation, in my humble opinion, other than the lyrics being about the turmoil young people were going through at the time. Hitting a peak of number two on May 1st of 71 is Put Your Hand in the Hand by the group Ocean. Uh, Since this is number two hit, I can look it up in my book of number two singles. Uh, The song was written by Gene McClellan for Anne Murray. He also wrote her first big hit, Snowbird. Anne Murray's recording of Put Your Hand in the Hand appeared on her 1970 album Honey, Wheat, and Laughter, Take That, Live, Laugh, Love, which also featured, you guessed it, Murray's rendition of Fire and Rain. It seems that song was inescapable in the early 70s. Ocean were a gospel and soft rock band from Toronto and they released put your hand in the hand on their debut album of the same name this is their only u.s top 40 hit and their biggest hit in canada they have four other u.s hot 100 appearances and this is i would consider this one of two explicitly religious songs on the compilation not counting the church verse of signs and the intro was famously sampled for the beastie boys barrel of a gun off of paul's boutique also hitting a at number two on october 13th of 1973 is ramblin man by the allman brothers band this was the first of two singles from the group's fourth album, Brothers and Sisters, the second being the instrumental Jessica. Shout out to my friend Jessica Rito. Ramblin' Man was written and sung by guitarist Dickie Betts. It was originally seen as, quote, too country for the group. Their number two hits book puts Ramblin' Man in important context. Guitarist and founding member Dwayne Allman had been killed in a motorcycle crash during the recording of the group's previous album, Eat a Peach. They decided to continue on, citing Dwayne's stated wishes. But his death hit bassist barry oakley very hard and his depression caused him to turn to heavy drug and alcohol use oakley died partway through the recording of brothers and sisters also from a motorcycle accident and ramblin man was one of the last songs oakley played on ramblin man became the group's first top 40 single and is to date their biggest hit though they have two other top 40 hits the number two hits book also helpfully points out that while Rambler Man was kept from number one by Cher's half breed, it didn't cause hard feelings for Greg Allman, as the two married two years later in 1973. Well, that's all from me this week. Thanks so much for listening. Back to you, Andy.
0: Thank you, Rachel. A lot of great stories behind the songs this week. Uh, learning a lot. This has been episode 304 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. We love you. Peace.